Welcome to the One of a Kind podcast, the show where we explore the stories we tell ourselves and the moments that got us here. I'm Nisi Duran, and I hope today's conversation gives you something to smile about. Welcome to the second episode of the One of a Kind podcast. Today's guest is my cousin-in-law, Brian Ye. I met Brian almost 20 years ago, and I've had the pleasure of seeing him grow up to become the amazing dad he is today. Brian has been working in tech and software sales since 2010. He has experiences with startup acquisitions, as well as opening up international offices. He graduated from Harvard Business School in 2018 and has since been taking on various roles in sales and sales leadership at early stage startups. And like so many of us in the tech industry, he also recently experienced being laid off. In addition to laughing my butt off, we talked about the career choices that got us here and the insecurities that have kept us here. Throughout the episode, you will hear references to Brian's wife, Lisa, as well as references to my husband, David. We start our conversation discussing what we should do next in our careers, given that we were both recently laid off. Spoiler alert, we share that it's not that simple to pivot or to take a chance on yourself, and we analyze why. I hope you enjoy this conversation with my impressive and hilarious cousin. This should be the perfect time to like reframe what you want to do with your life. But it's not that simple, right? (laughs) It's like what, you know, if I think about the world of jobs that one could get, I guess, in like business. So like we're excluding the trades, which I think is a wonderful career. In another world, I'd be like, dude, it would be amazing to be an electrician. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And everyone and like, would love you. They would love your yeah, jokes. <laughs> maybe, I think I'd, yeah. Never get you know, so like excluding the trades, which I don't think I would go into now because I think, you know, for a number of reasons, but primarily it would take a lot of time with zero money. Oh, yeah. Um, but you also have to train like, up for it. Yeah. Yeah. And also like we can't uh, totally ignore, you know, there is like an elitism that comes yes. from like, you know, coming from like a well-to-do family and getting these fancy degrees. Like you just, you know. In Harvard Business School, they always tell you stories about like, ah, oh, you know, like what you really want is to pursue happiness. Like professors always say this crap. <laughs> and they always tell the same freaking story. Like, well, tell I me, graduated tell with somebody at HBS in 1987. And, you know, we came back to our like 30-year reunion. And in the room, it's like, you know, we're having dinner. This is like a professor named uh, Professor Ghosh. I'm friends with his son. And he's like, oh, well, you know, like Jamie Dimon's here. We're having like a friendly competition after like a bottle of wine about who can donate the most back to Harvard Business School. And then a guy saunters in. We always think he, like we think he's in like he's made a mistake because he walks in with like a Viking, you know, like jumpsuit or whatever. And he tells us that he's in like construction or something like that. And we thought he was just like crashing the party. But it actually turns out he was like our classmate. And he was so happy. And like he really found what he wanted to do. So, yeah, like there are exceptions there. But I think it would be hard for him to do something like in the trades. So there's that. And then there's like the pivoting to like other kinds of like roles, you know, like there's marketing and there's like procurement, and like operations. And I guess, you know, I have a couple of friends after business school who became engineers. They like went to their software oh, cool. development boot camps, which I think is really cool. And I just looked at all those like, I don't know. I just don't think I want to do any of that. And what are you doing? I'm in, I'm in software sales. I'm software probably going to do sales. it again, like starting in a couple of weeks. Um. This time I'm trying to optimize for like, oh, I know these people. I worked them for like, yeah, they trust which me. Which counts a know. lot. Counts for a lot. Dude, who you work for? 
who you work for is a P0. It's a primary thing. Counts for a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I, I uh, then there's the expectation of like, how much money can you bring in? And I happen to know that like, I can make money doing this job. Totally. And now we have a kid and we got a mortgage. Totally. Like, it feels like there's so much inertia just that, you know, there's so much inertia to like, that prevents you from making a change, right? Inertia is supposed to like, yes, keeps you in place. Um, and so now I think what I've tried to settle in is like, okay, maybe I can do this job in a way that and like try to find more enjoyment out of it, try to find mm-hmm. a little bit more work-life balance out of it, uh, but still like apply the skills and knowledge that I've gained over the last like 10, 15, whatever, 12 years of working. Jeez, 2010. <laughs> well, like 10 years of working plus two years of business school, right? Like, I can apply these skills in a way to make it work for me. And that's what I'm trying to do. Very uninspiring. A couple of questions. When that professor was talking about his happy construction guy, friend yeah. or whoever, did people call BS on that? Or did people did people believe it? Like, what was the vibe in the room when they would talk about that? Dude, Sylvia, the, it's so funny. I would say of all the, this is probably self-selection, but I try to find people who, you know, business school is 900 people. You can find people who are like oh. you. And it's a big group. But all the people I talked to were like, oh man, like, that's just so great. Like, I just... <laughs> I would love to just like stop working at Google and like go to a commune and like go to a farm what? in Petaluma. Really? Almost all of my friends at business school are like that. We're just like, what is the fastest way we can stop working, go to a low cost living area? Because all this is like just blah, 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 blah. I was not personally friends with the, you know, I think in law school you'd call them like gunners, right? I, I wasn't friends with them at business school. Okay. I, I okay. mean, they exist. Um, but I think, you know, most people who have entered those like super high, all my friends are consulting. All they freaking talk about when they get together is how am I going to leave consulting? And same thing with all my very few friends in finance, like all of them talk about like, how do we get out of finance? Um, so I don't and know. what's the conclusion it's, for them? What do they say? Dude, they're just like me. They're all stuck. <laughs> they're kind of stuck. They're stuck yeah. by their own expectations. They're stuck by their own elitism that we all have. Um, and then they're stuck uh, by having too big of a nut, right? Like yeah. too much, too many fixed costs. And so I feel like a lot of the conversations are, they're just like mine, Rhetorical. not everybody, not everybody. Some people like love what they do, but do they are so rare. And I think they're lying. You think they're lying about what? How much they like love their like gig. I think I know like three people who like really oh. love what they do. I think you're one of them. I mean, I don't think you're a liar. I think you really loved it. But I, th- I would say like you're very rare. And I think I think I think what lets you do what you do is like I think you have a very supreme self um, sense of self-confidence. Um, and I think I'm gonna cry. <laughs> that allows you to choose what you really want to do. And that's nice. I think a lot of us, like me, normies, are very driven by what other people think. And I think that prevents me from mm. maybe exploring other other parts. Of, of wow. Okay. I love this. So, cause it's, uh, that's not how I see myself. So I only mm-hmm. know two people who love their jobs. One is my friend, Ashley, who is a nurse. She's, a, she, I don't know, she just pivoted recently, but she was like an ER nurse during COVID times as well. And she loves her job. And then the second person that I met recently is my trainer who he's a trainer and he's like, I love my job and he's so happy to be there. And he's just, so there are only two people that I've ever that I've known in like my recent life who adore their work. And so for me, I don't love how we work. 
like, I think our generation and like group of people and like the same socioeconomic, right? Like to your point of like expectations and elitism, we work too much. And I think part of it in tech is the way that we work. Like we'll be in meetings all day and then you have to, I mean, you see your wife, right? Like then at night you're having to actually catch up on work. So there's the way in which we work that I'm not okay with, that I think leads to burnout and leads to obviously like wellness issues. But for me, the reason I loved Google and YouTube was the mission of the company, but I also love the people I work with. And so for me, like, I like to work. I get a lot out of helping others, like coaching people, um, working with creators, like content creators, that sort of thing. And I always, every little thing that I did, whether it was like filling out a tricks or creating a deck or whatever it was, I was like, okay, but how does this fit into the larger picture? And that's mm. where I get joy out of it. Right. Like it's very much, I can connect those dots. And I think for me, it was like my dad, like my dad is a garbage man. He's been a garbage man for I don't know, 30 years, something like that. And he was always like, my job is important because when I go pick up that sticky trash can, <laughs> that means that that company, you know, has a clean area now where they can put their, the new day's trash in there. And like, he's like, my role is important for society to thrive. And so mm -hmm. I always try to be like, how is my role today important for the company? And how is it helping a creator in a, another country who doesn't have opportunities? So that's how I'm able to like be happy. But I agree with you. Like, I think I also felt very tied to like the financial increases in the job, you know, um, like how can you walk away from that? Like how, and like, it's also cool that you work in like a successful type of industry. Right. So I don't see myself as being very confident. So, I mean, I'm confident in like how I treat people, but I'm always questioning myself. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, that doesn't give a lot of hope for the rest of us. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Um, because if, you know, here's, here's the bummer about this, right? It's like people like you and Lisa mm -hmm. and your husband and me, right? It's like, we have everything. I we have know. Like I know. Everything. I know. God bless. We have like our health. I know. I know. We got, you know, means we have access uh, we have a ton of privilege. So you know, much of privilege. Course, there's some areas where we don't have privilege, but like by and large, like very privileged. If we can't <sighs> really have like a calm inner whatever, it's kind of like, geez, man, I don't think it ever exists unless we really change it up and at least get really into Buddhism. But like, you know, kind of like maybe that's the only way. Um, you know, so if people who are who have everything like us are still like struggling. <laughs> You did that in air quotes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't, and it's like, who, how, what, what is the path out? It's not more money. You know, I'm making not more, more money, money now than I thought I ever would. Not that it's a ton yeah. of money, but like, I never yeah. thought, you know, yeah, totally. Um, as a family. Totally. Yeah. Right. It's like, so it's it can't ridiculous. Be the reason why it doesn't give you a lot of hope is like, if you can work at Google with like the dope role and you work with amazing people, you have an admission and yet yeah. we still feel this amount of stress. It's like, then what? else is it but for a really seismic shift in how we think yes right? a lot of what lisa's about now is like you know like we have to like be where we are like be very present and yes. like that's what meditation is for us help train your brain to like just take in what we have even when we're washing dishes we should be thinking about washing the dishes otherwise it's like it never Ooh, happened and your life is over it. right like stuff like that i'm like yeah great sounds great sounds lovely i love it for you i don't know <laughs> backup girl is that what you tell me <laughs> i don't say backup i'm like <laughs> I was like, Dave, Not today, if you can Lisa. do it, if you can do it, go, go, go do it. Yeah. But it's, it's just really, it's really hard to do. Maybe that means we're not putting in work to find 
our inner peace. Oh my gosh, so many thoughts. So on the one hand, okay, Lisa's already getting there. You know, whenever, whenever like super successful, wealthy people like are retired and they do their thing, they all become either like religious or spiritual, right? And it's usually, if it's religious, it's Buddhism, like including yeah. a lot of actors. And so there's yeah. something there, right? Like if if all of these people, once they're, they've checked off all the boxes or focused, they're like, we probably should just lean into that now instead of waiting longer. So kudos to Lisa. Um, the thing about being present, I love, I, I never heard that before, maybe because I've just never gotten into it. But what did you say was, it was like, if you're doing the dishes, think about yeah. doing just the dishes. Right. Otherwise it never happened. Yes. It's just wow, gone. Wow. I love that. Which I is true, that. right? That totally happens. Like driving. Jeez. Driving in essence all the time. <laughs> <laughs> which oh I'm God, always like, uh, where, where? <laughs> I'm like, I hope I was safe. Uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I know it's scary, but I think the other part of it is like, what did you say? Seismic shift. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you really ready to like shift it all, Sylvia. You really ready to, you know, and not just like the lifestyle creep part of it, the money part of it, but you know, are you ready to, um, I like them a lot. I just can never remember the name. The two <laughs> lawyers who like live in Seattle. Oh, Vivian and Andy. They, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Vivian and Andy. It's like, are you ready to not have the same kind of vacations that they have? Ooh. And, you know, like not live in the same, <laughs> like run the same circles or like eat at the same restaurants or, you know, have your kids have the same things to talk about. I think it's like, it's not just like, oh, can I cut back on birthday parties and move to a smaller house? Like, I'm sure we all could. And that is a big ask, but like we can do it. But it's like, am I ready to like have the conversation with all my business school friends? Like I'm the guy who became the carpenter and like you guys, you know, like you're unhappy in your mansions, but I'm like the, the you know, the enlightened one, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm ready to do that. That's a really scary thing to do. I think we really crave that same social, you know, we surround ourselves in the same social circles and dropping out of that, I think is probably even harder than, than the money part of it. Look at my sister, right? Here's yes. what I love about Karen. My sister was like a lawyer, she's making tons of money, and then has stopped that to become, uh, to follow her passion about being a therapist, which pays like markedly less. You know, she's not like, you know, hand to mouth or whatever, but, you know, a lot less. And I think what's great about Karen is I think she does have such a, an extreme sense of like who she is as a person, and, like that. identity, and like, yeah. yeah, you know, she's what I call a reality bender. Like, you know, like she can a just reality make it work what? for her, a reality bender. Oh, I've never heard this. What is that? I, I don't think it's a bad thing, but it's like, yeah. uh, you know, what does it mean? She's I don't really, know what it means. She, a reality vendor to me is like someone who they can make the story work for them. Be, uh, yeah, work for them. Whatever's okay. happened, okay, work for them in a way that helps them do what they got to do and do yes. it happily. Which I love. Yes, yes. And so you know, but you know, by and large, I think she doesn't have a lot of like these like lawyer friends anymore. Like she is definitely running a different circle. It doesn't bother her, but it is like a lifestyle. Was it her choice, or that? was it their choice? Or and like, what's your hypothesis just, I, of like what would happen to us? My hypothesis is that it just naturally, we yeah. just have fewer of the same things to talk about. And then we find other people who have that different lifestyle and we have more things to talk about. And then we're more friendly with them. Like right now we're having the conversation about public school versus private school, right? It's a hell of a lot easier to talk to people who are in our same like tax bracket, who live in the same city about like, well, like maybe it's private. Like, but have you seen the cost of San Ignatius? It's like $40,000 a year, right? Like, there's literally 99% of the rest of the world that doesn't ever have those conversations. And so what would happen is if I dropped out of that tax bracket because private school is no longer an option for us, like that's one less thing me and my friend Andrew would have to talk about with our kids. Totally. And then it's one more thing in common with, you know, the person who, again, was, was in that different life. Are you ready to do that? And that's, you know. Yeah. 
I That's love that. Hard. I love this conversation. You're right. You figured it out. That's why it's not the money. I think it is like these people that feel like you're deeply, for me, I fall deeply in love. Like I'm deeply in love with. And then like, if we have not a lot in common, what happens? It makes me sad. It's interesting you take the sad view on it. I, because <laughs> I think it would be sad. But I think there's another element of like, of embarrassment to it. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's yeah. say you decided to become a firefighter, which is like yeah. an incredibly noble, yes. worthy cause, pays probably not enough. So like, and then you have, uh, you know, lunch with one of your Google friends who's now a, a senior vice president of partnerships or some <laughs> stuff like that, right? Correct. Can't you just like that? <laughs> can't you just imagine? The, oh my gosh, Sylvia! I can't believe you're a firefighter. That is so so amazing. I just wish I were as brave <gasps> to like oh, do no. something up, like Ryan. what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, can't you yeah. just like feel yeah. that conversation happening? It happens to me all the fucking time in sales. Really? Like. Oh my gosh, like you're in sales. That is so, oh, that is such a hard job. I I just could <laughs> never do it. Oh my God, I think I've said I'm that. Like, what I'm like, what, you re- what are you really saying? What you're Wait, what really are they saying, saying? Tell me, what are they saying? What they're really saying is like, well, sales is like, it's basically blue collar tech. Right? <gasps> that's, that's basically what's happening, which Wait, is, you know. People say this and are you serious? People think that? Well, here's the thing. Maybe not. Maybe it's all in my head. But I, I do genuinely feel like there's a lot of chip on your shoulder things with people who, you know, like have like nice degrees like us. You go into sales. Yeah. It's always like something, you know, it's always. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's always something to like stack yourself, like compare yourself to someone or be like put you in a pecking order, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, here's it'll be like, oh, she's a sales leader and she's great. But like she also like went to Stanford. Oh, they have to. Oh, I understand. You know what I'm saying? Because like what we do. Man, this is part of like this. I think this happens all the time to people who who are yeah. like us. Yeah. Maybe maybe not you, but like you know, here's what here's one thing that would happen. It'd be like, um, <laughs> I remember I was hanging out with my buddy Rowan, and we were kids. We were young, like we were like 22 or whatever. I have a buddy named Rohit, and I love him. But go yeah, ahead. <laughs> I'm sure, and this guy Rohit's great too. He's like, oh, like I'm you know I'm gonna bring my my buddy um, my buddy Vishal or something like that. Yeah. He's like he's Indian, but he's cool. <gasps> it's a same. He did not say that. Yeah, but it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the right? same There's thing. A it's the same thing. Order, yeah, and so we have to say these things. Like, yeah, she's in sales, but like, but she went to Stanford. I, I'm literally talking about someone so specifically in my mind. They're like, oh, yeah. she's great, but like, yeah. don't worry, she also went to Stanford. It's the same. Don't worry. It's like, you know, this is this is like the blue. This is like the blue collar thing. And then when I when I go to business, like, oh, you're in sales. Like, oh, it's so amazing. Oh. <laughs> You're I just so really brave, need to, I, really, so I have so many questions. I just like, I would love to do it. And I'm like, then do it. I don't know what do you want to tell you. Like, <laughs> then do it. <laughs> I hope uh, you give him that stink face. It's so good. No, it's always like, I would love to. Yeah, of course. Hit me up with your questions. Blah, 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 blah. I, we have to go back to HBS reunion this year. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready to go to this. You know, like all the people that I want to see, you've already I seen still them. see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not trying. You know, but it always starts the same. There's like the first few hours of like the you know the humble brags, and then like two drinks in, everyone's like, "But I'm really gonna quit. Like I just gotta go." <laughs> I love how every human being is the same. <laughs> I mean, it's gotta be the way for law school too, right? It has to be. I don't know. So here's the thing. The other thing that came to mind for me was. 
I had decided I wasn't going to be a lawyer. I think after my first summer, like oh, I went, nice. I did like a couple of internships and I was like, I don't want to do this. And then uh, McKinsey came and recruited consulting and I got like a, an offer with them. I can't remember the timing exactly, but anyway, I had already realized I wasn't gonna be a lawyer, but I still applied for law review because law review. Exactly. It's like the most prestigious thing you do, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I yeah. did it. And David was like, why are you? Cause it's not, it's not fun. Like people I don't know, like you get selected and then other people from around the country, like professors need to publish a certain amount of articles. And so they submit them to these law reviews that the law students have to select and edit. And so you're sitting there on the weekends, like editing these like really dense legal papers. <laughs> and I, I could recognize it, right? Like I wanted to make sure that people knew I was walking away from the law on my own, Dude, <laughs> you know, like nobody, right? mm-hmm, like nobody pushed me out. It wasn't that I couldn't get offers. Like I was on Columbia law school's law review and that's why I did it. Like, even though it was like a terrible way to spend my time, you know what I mean? So I've been doing See, it for a long time. Sylvie, here's the other thing. If people like you still <laughs> care about what other people think like that, yeah, it feels so hopeless. You know, like <sighs> how can we ever escape this thing because i actually think if i really actually reflecting all this like i think it really is just like how do i want to be perceived like, yeah you left law but it was like on my own terms it wasn't <laughs> like i couldn't get a job like don't even don't even don't even dare think it right just look um but wait what do you mean by people like me because i think you and i have a different perception of who i am like what do you mean by people like me Someone's like so decorated, you know, like oh. you've got these fantastic jobs. Like it's very obvious, even if you cut out half of your accomplishments, 75% of them, you would still be by every account, capable, smart, or whatever, like all these great things. Yet still, yeah. yet still people like you can be worried about what other people think. Yes, I have all these credentials, but it's like, I felt like I had to get them and have as much proof as possible because... I felt like I didn't fit in and I felt like people were going to question like if I was smart or if, you know, there's always like the like quote di- diversity higher question. Right. And so to be fair, not as much to me because people are always surprised that I'm Latina. They think I'm like Asian and white. I get that all the time, which also bothers me. Cause then I'm like, yeah. people have said things like, Oh, like you don't look Latina or you don't talk Latina or you don't act. And I'm like, what something, does that something, mean? Er, something early career Brian might've said before he <laughs> kind of got his shit together. Ooh, Brian. <laughs> but like people say that's to, to me all the meeting. time, all the time. So that's why, like, okay, so th- that's my so point. You know? So here's, you know, here's what I think is so interesting about when I think about people like you, what I tend to mean is like, um, I think I, I think business school really challenged a lot of my, my ideas about meritocracy mm. and meritocracy, meaning like, you know, it turns out that the people who got like the premium jobs out of business school, yes, some of them were really, truly like top tier, super smart, yeah, super hard worker, great, great, great people. And there's a lot of other people who also got stellar jobs whose mommy and daddy was X and totally. Y and Z. Like, totally. And I don't, you know, I don't have the statistics, but in my brain, I was like, that's not, it's not 50, 50. It's like yeah. a lot of the, the people who had a lot of access growing up. And so when I think about <clears throat> like myself growing up and I had so many resources and all this stuff, I've always taken the point of view, like all I had to do was like kind of stay on the track that was given and things are going to be fine for me, which is exactly what happened, right? Like yeah. I was basically, I had an older sister. I had, we had resources, like the honors classes were like 
that's the track you picked. There wasn't any like decision deviation. about it. Yeah. yeah, deviation where you just do it. You go to this good school. We had like a great UC system. Like I got to go to Berkeley by yeah. and large. Like you just like follow the track and like you're set up like pretty well in life. When I think about you, when, yeah. when I keep saying that, what I mean is like it is very rare people yeah. who are able to come out of financial instability. Yeah. And that means that when you did get that great score on the SAT, it wasn't because you had SAT classes like I was put into. It's because like you actually used the SAT for like it was designed to be used, which is to find high potential people from anywhere, from any background, right? Like it's very different. There's two sets of rules. So when people who are from your background succeed, I'm like, oh, that is what meritocracy is. That's why it's like so surprising that someone like you could feel – somehow Question less mark. than because yeah. from my point of view from someone with privilege who's like you got into a <laughs> yeah. similar stage but just kind of just like did it you yeah. know i don't have to like i don't have to be special like you are special like we are should be the ones with imposter syndrome that's what i'm saying <laughs> oh my god can you start a revolution <laughs> no but like you know but this is not to to you know whatever pump you up but i really do believe that the whole idea of meritocracy is like Yes, it does exist in some rare cases yeah. for people like you, but in most of the times for people who have like good jobs like me, yeah, it's not like because I was so much better or smarter or harder working than the people around me. It's because you knew what I to have do. A lot of privilege, yeah, to give to give to what? To, what is it? What should I do? No, no, no. I'm saying like you oh, knew what to I do. Knew what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you exactly. had access and you knew the steps to take and yeah. But interesting because, like, taking it back to something you said earlier, like, now the steps are not clear. Dude, yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's so, so hard. So the imposter syndrome now is for me to be like, well, shoot, now without the consulting where it's, like, very clear, like, law firms where it's pretty, pretty darn clear, now you're just, like, out there. Now you kind of just like, got to swim by your own merits. And that I think is where a lot of the insecurity comes from, from my, from, on, on me. But that's where I feel like for you, it's like, yeah. well, that's just what it's been. You're actually more equipped to handle periods of not knowing. Because that's what you've had to do. And then the last thing is in terms of retirement goals. I mean, again, silly. This is like one of these things where it is a thousand percent a trade-off. I got a buddy. I love him so much to death because not not because, but he lives in Boise, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Cost of living is super low. Um, he's got one of these remote tech jobs, and he's going to be able to retire like whenever. Really good and for him. Jeez. You can do it. Yeah, and his wife is like a doctor, so she pulls and like like you could do it too. You just happen to live in like one of the most desirable neighborhoods. In the world. Yeah. We could just, we could be like, hey, uh, you know what's a great city? Santa Cruz. It's got like all the benefits of the weather. Yeah. But what it doesn't have is the prestige of San Jose or San Diego (laughs) or San Francisco or Marin, right? Like, but the weather in Santa Cruz is better than what we have here. Yeah. It's way cheaper. All it's missing is the prestige and what are people going to think? And then you got to say things like, I moved to Santa Cruz, but I could have bought Marin. You know, that sort of crap. <laughs> the same thing over and over and over and over and over, right? Oh, my gosh. That's so freaking funny. <laughs> it's, oh, why do we do that? Well, we're insecure. We're insecure. We're insecure. I think it's, it's total insecurity. It's funny. What like, are we afraid of? I was about to hop on this thing at 11. I remember coming, I was like, this is going to be the most boring thing ever. Like, I just feel like, cause there's nothing. 
talking know, to like, me, Brian, or are you talking? Which one? No, it's like, who would listen to this? It's so, you know, like who, who, oh. you know, what, what would be interesting about, you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you always been a creative? Yeah. But I think like, um, I just always felt like I needed to have high paying jobs. I could never do something that was like, not going to pay my student loans Dude. and then pay, you know, and, and then support our family while your cousin was doing cool startups. <laughs> Dude, talk about a point of privilege, man. That's yeah. just like, that is what it is. You know, your kids are going to have such a different understanding of money. Oh my gosh. Privilege. Oh my what's gosh. What's normal, what's not normal oh. than you. I str- Especially I've been if they struggling go to like one of these this. nice high schools. Their friends are going to say weird stuff. And they're going to bring that home. OMG. There's this hot pot place that David really likes. I forget the name, but it's famous. And I told that's all I told Vivian, and she knew the name right away. Um, it's from Taiwan. Oh, holy Hodila. Yes, yes, that one. I don't like hot pot. H. Oh, what? I I can't stand it. Excuse me. We have to talk about this a little bit because Lisa loves hot pot. She actually, this is one of the very real gripes she has, which I don't blame for. She's like, you know, there's a food I love to eat, and we never eat there because you hate it. And I'm like, why do you hate it? It's boiled meat and it's boiled vegetables and you have to make it yourself and it's it gets all over you. And I just don't think it's very tasty. I just feel like if I'm going to pay a lot of money and it's You're not cheap a lot me. of times, like it's not cheap. Like I don't want my meat boiled. What, what, what other what other thing are we eating like that you know oh you're killing me i guess like menudo is kind of like the closest thing to like a really like stewed like intestines and stuff like that but that's you know like menudo is not a, a pricey food that is a that is a so is it the home, taste or is dish. it the price it's both like if i'm gonna pay any money i don't want to be there like <laughs> cooking. Better be dirt cheap <laughs> I was like, what? And then Lisa's always like, it's about the sauce. I'm like, you, maybe you it can make is, that sauce I was at just going to say that. It is let's about go, the sauce. Let's go get some Chinese mustard and get some, you know, oyster sauce. The peanut sauce, sauce is so good, too. You can buy that at home. <laughs> I just, I don't like, I don't oh like hot pot. Anyway, so you, you were talking about hot pot. There's okay, place well, you, I'm going to yeah. come visit you and you're taking me to hot pot, me and Lisa. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Lisa, you, you can love go. us. <laughs> You can go. I'll, t- I'll like, take no. the kids. Oh my god, that's so funny. So we all love hot pot. I can't believe it. I can't wait to tell David and the children that their uncle Brian does not like hot pot. So they I both like love it. it, and it's very expensive. It's like every time we go, it's over hundred dollars. Like it's so expensive. But you go, and they give Blue the kids Chris. a toy, and they oh. give them like a, a placemat and all this stuff. Right, you get to order on like a little tablet and stuff, and they're super nice. And then at the end, you can go get soft serve. So they like love this place, but it's super expensive. The homies want to go all the time. They're like, can we go to hot pot? Can we go to hot pot? Can we go to hot pot? <laughs> and so I have to talk to them about like, the thing is like, we could, or like, if we wanted to go all you the totally time, could. You we absolutely could. could. And David and I talked about this. We're like, it's very expensive. We need to treat it as like a little bit more luxurious than we've been treating it. Cause yeah, we were going like every week <laughs> and people are there celebrating birthdays and stuff. Cause it's expensive. Yeah, and my yeah, homies yeah. were just like, on a Tuesday, can we go to hot pot? <laughs> on a Thursday, can we go to hot pot? And I was like, y'all need to chill out. So even just things like that, like we need to watch it. Um, last example, Jordan started basketball and David decided that. we were all going to get Jordans for Christmas. So Jordan <laughs> shows up to her first game. And again, she's five and they don't know how to dribble. They don't know how to rebound. The videos are she, very cute though. He's adorable. Very cute. But some one of the parents was like, Jordan's shoe game is like fire. And I look, I just didn't pay attention. Like everybody else had like their regular shoes or old shoes or whatever, like something normal. And I was like, it was David. 
I was like, David did that. Like, Cause I don't want to come across as like, then I get self-conscious, right. Then I'm like, Oh, like, are we, are we coming across as like the spoiled parent that, you know, we're spoiling our kids or, you know, the people that have too much money or, you know, anyway, like labels, 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 labels. So they will be getting jobs as soon as they can. I had a job in high school. Really? They will be getting jobs. And David is on board. He was so like, this, it can't this... interfere with school. I was like, I know. <laughs> so this is, I think where the rubber hits the road of like, are they going to, are you going to make them take out loans for college? I have a lot of friends whose parents yes. absolutely could have paid for their college, but instead they said, actually, we prefer if you worked a job and do loans. Whereas for, I, I'm, I don't want to speak for Davis, but like, I would guess they're the same thing. It'd be like a, no way. Our kids are not paying, our kids are not paying their own way through college. Like we're going to pay for college, you know, that kind of thing. I think those are, you know, of course, like the, the shoes are one thing, but I think those are bigger life decisions kind of influence like who they're going to be, you know, did you pay for college at all or no? No, I totally did not pay for college. Uh, and I think that allowed me to be a lot more frivolous with a lot of the choices that I made in college, mm -hmm. after college. You know, David really took advantage of the startup thing where you're just like not pulling in any salary. But yeah. I never had fear. None of my decisions were fear-based. They're all aspirational-based, kind of. Oh, but that sounds beautiful. But the problem with privilege is you don't even know what the other one's <laughs> like. That's the whole thing, right? Like that's what I'm saying, Sylvia. You know, because yeah. that's oh my god, this is so tricky. So like, I have always been like, my kids will take out tiny loans. Like they need to pay for their books, for example. And because of that, I was like, but I've changed. So I was like, they need to take out their books, right? Because because of that, I always had paying internships. I always had money over the summer. So I had said that they they needed to at least pay for their their books so they had something that they were working towards right, and then but then on the flip side of it is like David doesn't want them to make fear based decisions right we want them to be self actualized, and now where we're at though with seeing all of this, I kind of want them to take out like a twenty thousand dollar loan right like I. I have a friend who's saying 50%. And I was like, David, what do you think about that? He was like, absolutely not. He's like, I do not Too want high. them to feel. And so yeah. now we're just negotiating on like, what's the percentage? But I yeah. do want them to understand like what it takes to make money and like having a timeline of like being an adult and being responsible for your decisions and the impact of it. But yeah. Where, what about you? Where did you guys land? Have you landed we, anywhere? We, I know we, she's we not have, even a year old. Have, we haven't gotten that far. The only, the only thing we actually I want to talk about this. It's okay. So you say those are really important skills for them to have, but I have met a lot of people yeah. who do fabulously well because their parents are well to do. Yeah. And they're doing fine without those skills. So what do you mean do by really, fine? Doing fine about what? they still have great jobs and oh, they see, still make money and they are, you know, as far as I can tell, like well-adjusted, right? You do totally. a lot of them in business school. Totally. And I'm sure none of them ever had to pay off. A lot of them never had to pay off loans or, or whatever. Right. So like, what is the value that we're really like, why, like, why, what, <sighs> you know, is it, is it incumbent upon us to like put these trials on our kids to test like their metal or something, even if they'll never have to use it? It's a great question because I think you just described David well, right? Like I think he he took risks and then he decided when they didn't work out, he was going to get, you know, jobs and he's been focused on his career and he's well adjusted and he doesn't, he's not frivolous, right? So I think his parents sure. paid for everything and it, it didn't do him harm, I would say. I think for me, if David hadn't married me or been in my life for so long, I don't think he would have seen, I think he was able to learn through osmosis of like, oh... I have privilege. Like 
Sylvia didn't grow up with a certain privilege and I did. So he was able to see that. And so I think for me, like, I just want to expose the kids on, it's actually hard to make money. Like I worked at a Baskin Robbins. I didn't work that many hours. Right. Cause I was also in like, I, I played sports. I was in honors classes. I did summer programs. And so I didn't work that much, but it was enough to where when I got my $200 paycheck after like two weeks and I had been begging my dad for hundred dollar Nikes before he was like, do you want me to take you to the mall? We can like cash your check. And you can pay for those shoes. I was like, hell no. I was <laughs> like, I am too. not spending this money on those. Like, no, like I had to serve so many ice cream scoops. People were rude to me. I had to clean up so much stuff. Like, you know, I was like, no. So I think I want to teach them that part of it of just like, it's actually hard to make money. It's actually really hard to be in also service roles. So please be respectful of these people, like pick up your own trash, like do, you know, there's like lots of different life skills that I think comes from something like that. And then in terms of like the student loans, it's, I don't know, to your point, maybe it's not fully necessary, but I want them to feel ownership over their decisions. Do you know what Mm, I mean? That's a good one. What if they say, I don't want student loans. I don't want to go to college. Sounds hard. Oh, that's, I know. I don't know. I think like, I'm hoping that we can just make it such a expected norm that it's just going to be a thing. However, if Jordan decides I am an artist mom and she's been working towards it and she's serious and she's focused, I won't force her to go to college if she feels like she doesn't need to. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think they need to like, yeah, David and I have been talking about that. Yeah. Cause he doesn't think going to college automatically even guarantees you like a successful life anymore. Right. Like it's not a guarantee anymore. So I don't know. It's, he has not told his parents this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a guarantee. I, I think college could go one of two ways. These are all obviously dumb hypotheses, but uh, I, I, I think college could be, I guess my thought is like, Yes, there will be a lot more access to education, like Khan Academy, Coursera. Totally. Amazing. Totally. totally. But I think what it is exposing is like a lot of what colleges is not about the academics anymore. It's a network and the it's experience. A, it's a network, yeah. and like, but it's like placing you in certain social totally. statuses and circles. Totally. But I think there will always be a need for humans to want to segregate that way. And so something like a college, will st- there will always be something there. People want ways to thin slice Oh, is Sylvia one of me or not? And so I don't think for that specific reason, college will like ever disappear, disappear. But I think the form and the function might change. And, and to be clear, of, I, I love college. Like, it's a, it's a, I love college too. Probably for different reasons. You were summa cum laude. <laughs> I just, what were you going to say about life? <laughs> I think a lot of it is like what social circles you, 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 you find yourself in or you choose to be in. A lot of it. It informs like, all of our decisions we're doing it right now if we were just surrounded by different people we'd make different decisions we're just not that much we're That's, not great that gave me so thinkers. much anxiety <laughs> that gave me so much anxiety like when you true, said that. Right? <laughs> yeah it like is we're actually not that independent of thinkers we kind of just like we want to do what people we like are doing and then maybe take like a little spin on it you know <laughs> to make it make my it our own, own. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, I mean, actually, this is why we moved where we did. Like David was very specific. He was like, I want to be in this specific school district in San Diego because he's been researching for years, like where college athletes come from. And it's like, I I know you're laughing. It's like, I swear to you, he's done so much research. And he was like, they come out of this district. 
And every time we drive somewhere and he sees like the high school kids walking around, he was like, they don't look like elite athletes. (laughs) Like he's kind of like, where are they? But anyway, allegedly they come from here. And so it's true. Like we've met friends in the, you know, surrounding neighborhoods that go to our school where Jordan has her like sports friends right now, right? Like she's, she's done soccer, basketball, and now she's starting softball next week with like the same little girl um, and her, their family, they have four kids. And I think all their kids are probably going to play sports. And so it's just like, you're surrounding yourself with people that enjoy this and that's part of the culture. Right. So David's right. You're right. You know, it does matter. And we're already making those choices. So those choices have probably not to freak you out a little more, but they probably locked in your next career move too. Locked what? They probably locked in your next career move as well. Uh, Now I'm very freaking out. (laughs) Well, right. I mean, like, that's the that's what we yeah. do. We buy this house, yes, which makes our fixed income this, correct, which starts to eliminate correct. the other choices, correct. And that's just like that's just it just freaking goes like. So you're saying I'm not in control? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm screwed. <laughs> are any of us really in control? I feel like Lisa is. I feel like she so has maybe, figured out. <laughs> maybe. Maybe we just kind of like, we get spun out this way. We do. We do. And then you just sort of, you just go down the river of life. It's kind of a scary, freaky thing. Unless you really make a, a good, a good, hard decision. Like my sister, probably. Yeah. That's a good example of that. I don't know. I feel that way sometimes, which is not yeah. a very inspiring feeling. To have. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think it is like a bad way of like, we're not in control. Meaning like it could be bad. It could be scary, but it can also be like, we are who we are and we have, yeah. we have like people in our lives. And so there are other factors that are going to help guide us. You can also look at it that way. Like we're going to be guided down a path, which if you don't like to be guided can sound really scary, but if you're feeling oh. lost, it could be a little bit better. <laughs> um, I have to go. Cause I have to go to yeah, my gym. I love you. This is so fun. I'm going to have so much fun rewatching this and editing it. So long one. good luck. Thank you, Brian. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the One of a Kind podcast. This show is edited by my brother from the very same mother, Jose Duran. We have more episodes on the way, so please check us out wherever you get your podcasts.